If you want to make an audiobook, go to thetalkingbook.org. That's thetalkingbook.org. Check out these amazing writers, narrators, indie publishers. Come to Asheville. We record books in a booth. Here's the show. Greetings, my friends. Chris Hartram here of the Talking Book Podcast. Today, I'm thinking about all of you. i got a good episode coming at you. Uh, it's a sunny 65 degrees in Asheville, North Carolina. Spring is in the air. Uh, I'm getting married soon, so that's cool. A uh, little June wedding in the mountains. Uh, it's coming up. You know, we already have, Danny and I have two kids, of course, but we decided to finally tie the knot officially after seven or so years of raising kiddos. So it's a done deal, you know? This piece of, uh, this piece of prime meat is officially off the market, ladies. Okay? Let it be known. You know, thank God Danny does want to marry me for some weird reason, because I am a dumb man, uh, as you can clearly hear. But uh, jokes aside, today I have a very special reading from Megan Poland, and she's reading the beginning of her short story, What Makes You Think You're Awake Right Now, which is the last story of her debut collection, What Makes You Think You're Awake, from Blair Press. Her fiction has been seen in the Mississippi Review, Pleiades, um, Beloit Fiction Journal, Juked, Notre Dame Review, just to name a few. I'm really excited about this reading. I liked it. I think you're going to as well. Here now is Megan Poland. Hello, this is Megan Poland, and I'm going to read from the beginning of my short story, What Makes You Think You're Awake Right Now. This is a story from my short story collection, What Makes You Think You're Awake. Place alarms on the doors, not the kind that require a monthly fee to connect to a monitoring service. No, just the cheap battery-powered ones that adhere with double-sided tape. Open the door and hear the insistent squawk of the plastic box. Feel safer. When you prepare to move, forget to take the alarms down. Potential tenants will tour your tiny space and notice, with excitement, the alarm box on the doorframe. Explain that the alarm cannot alert the police or the fire department, or the call center of a private security company. The alarm doesn't actually do anything except beep and wake you if you try to leave the house while sleeping. Divert their nosy questions about somnambulism. Reassure them and say that the house has never been burglarized. Install alarms at new place. Fall asleep on couch and wake up in a different outfit on top of your bed. Laugh at yourself. It's happened before. Make sure your dog is inside and return to your bed until morning. Wake up wearing pajamas. Make coffee. Look for your toaster. Begin to realize that last night's episode involved moving the toaster to an illogical location. Check each room, looking where no reasonable person would place a toaster. Check the pantry. Check the laundry bin. Look inside shoe cubbies. Check the home office and discover a tower of books that you've read this year. Books you never consciously placed in a tower. Notice the toaster, perched on your worn copy of the Magus, like an oversized Christmas star. Pick up the toaster and detect more weight than one should expect from a small appliance. Tilt the toaster 
and watch water pour out from a style in two slots. Hope that sleepwalking you considered and avoided the perils of electricity when submerging the device. Hope that sleepwalking you didn't dunk the toaster in the toilet. Wash hands and order a new toaster. Tell not quite yet boyfriend about the toaster. Be forewarned, he will now sneak up on you as you make a nighttime cheese snack because he assumes you wouldn't consciously choose to eat at three in the morning. He will now recount anything that happened the night before to make sure you remember it. Sometimes you won't remember it. Research sleepwalking. Learn that alcohol is a trigger, but choose to drink anyway. Drink only two glasses of wine and still do things you can't remember because you're a sleepwalker. Do not tell anyone about these episodes. They will just assume you were blitzed. Go on vacation. Let sleepwalking you wake your boyfriend and ask him to take a shower with you. Sleepwalking you will start the shower and climb into the stream of water. When the boyfriend climbs into the shower, sleepwalking you will leave without explanation. You will wake up as you finish buttoning your flannel nightshirt. Notice that he is staring at you, wrapped in a towel, soaking wet, and the clock reads three in the morning. Make him explain to you why he is soaking wet. Watch his astonishment as he realizes he's finally witnessed an episode. Consider seeking professional help. Do more research. Realize that this requires sleep labs and overnights in cities that are hours away. Resolve to not drink wine before bed. Drink LaCroix before bed after grading papers. Decide to reward yourself. Put on your favorite Christmas onesie, the one that makes you look like a giant penguin, and watch a movie on the couch. Wake up two hours later with the cops at your door. As soon as you hear the persistent knocking, you know it's the police. No one you know would knock like that or holler ma'am through the door. You will notice a distant barking and then realize why the police were called. Sleepwalking you, let the dog out. Open the door and apologize to the cops. Watch the cops laugh at your onesie. Replace the batteries on your alarms. Explain to your boyfriend that the episodes happen in clusters, then disappear for years at a time. When he insists that you need to get help, stop dating him. Wake up at sunrise fully dressed and on top of a neatly made bed and wonder if you can harness your power for good. When you were little, you once fell asleep in the middle of the day, or at least that was the explanation you settled upon. One minute you were reading in bed and the next, actually three hours later, you could tell by the clock, you were sitting on a couch in the basement as your father spoke with you about what you'd missed on the show he was watching. You asked him if you'd said any words, if he knew you were asleep. He said that you weren't asleep, that you asked what he was doing. In your cognitive absence, he had explained the entire plot of two episodes of The X-Files, including one about a gargoyle. Remember, your dad kept saying, remember about the gargoyle? He reminded you, as though repeating the plot would resurrect your memory. The artist told Mulder that the gargoyle made him kill. More than anything, your father could not believe that his thorough summaries fell on uncomprehending ears. You later found episode summaries online. You told your dad that you vaguely remembered the conversation you had. You wondered if you actually recalled the episode or if you'd fabricated a memory based on your father's dedicated recap. Because as you read the words, you saw the image, the bloody outline of a gargoyle on the concrete wall. The most probable reality is that you lied 
to your dad and to yourself because a part of you worried that something was deeply wrong with your brain. Another part of you, the part that usually wins, would rather not think about cognitive impairments or disease. But of course, you were asleep or else you would have remembered those three hours. And what happened to the hours before you descended the stairs and spoke to your father? Did you eat any dog food? Isn't it possible that you would walk outside, expose yourself to a stranger and return to the house none the wiser? As an adult, you will worry, what if sleepwalking you commits a crime? As an adult, you will also worry, how could people not know that you weren't really there? You watch a documentary about a man who sleepwalks out a third story window and survives. You read articles about people who sleep kill their lovers. You forgive your ex for insisting that you need help. You ask him to meet you for coffee. The coffee turns to drinks, then dinner, then drinks at your house. Despite the drinks, you remember going to bed after a satisfactory but rather unremarkable act of coitus. After you remember scrubbing your eyes with a face wipe as you sat on the toilet. In the morning, you find the mascara stained tissue on top of the trash next to two condoms. What you don't remember is climbing on top of him, removing his shirt and kissing the entire length of his torso. In the morning, he stretches in the slats of sunlight your blinds let in. He smiles, sated, and says, that was really fun last night. And you will think, how fun was I? And after you answer that question for yourself, you will wonder about sleepwalking you. You ask him to describe what he means and he obliges. He details the intensity you cannot remember, a position you rarely use, and how quickly you returned to sleep after. What did my eyes look like, you ask. It was dark, he'll explain, and you will feel resentment blooming. How could he not tell? Thank you. Okay, that was Megan Poland reading from her collection, What Makes You Think You're Awake. You can get that from Blair Press and anywhere great books are sold. I hope Megan comes back to read again soon. Um, I met her through NC Writers, which is a great literary organization here in Carolina. You can check them out at ncwriters.org. We, of course, record books in a booth. We are the talking book. The OG Indie Audiobook House. You know, we make audiobooks for authors and publishers, university presses, other audiobook companies. So, you know, if you want us to make your audiobook, go to thetalkingbook.org. If you'd like to submit an excerpt from your book, do the same thing. Thanks too much to Charles Fiore from NC Writers and Megan Poland for the reading. Her book again, What Makes You Think You're Awake? Go get it. Uh, I'll leave the links in the show notes more recorded literature and podcasts coming at you soon. Married man coming at you soon. Uh, I love you all very much. Thanks for listening to The Talking Book. Have a great life and a great week. Like a bishop who has forsaken sympathy Chasing sister squares I was lit Before I knew that you were there Like an angel Who has forsaken
sleeping in the square I was lit before I knew the storm was passing over and the window 